passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome back, everybody, to Post Wrestling. John Pollock here with you, and joining us today, a man of many titles. This is not an easy introduction because he has so many placements out there, whether it be comic book artist, comic book author, radio host, Ontario independent wrestling promoter, almost retired pro wrestler, Anthony Kingdom James is with us on Post Wrestling. Kingdom, how are you today? I'm good, John. Thanks for having me on the show again. Well, there's a lot to discuss, and off the top, the uh, excuse to have you on was that you are involved with this uh, brand new release that ECW Press is going to be dropping on Tuesday. Austin 316, 316 Facts and Stories About Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, by author Michael McAvenny. And can you tell us just a bit about uh, the book and how you got involved with this? Yeah, it is uh, a fantastic little um, uh, digest, I almost want to say, of uh, exactly what the title says, Facts and Stories About uh, Steve Austin about Stone Cold Steve Austin and um, it is I'm holding a copy right now and it is so well put together like I mean this it, kudos to ECW Press for their uh, for their design um, because this is I'm not sure what I expected the book to look like but this thing is amazing um how I got involved is uh, due to our mutual friend, Greg Oliver. Uh, Greg, as, as uh, most wrestling fans will know, is a uh, wrestling journalist himself and has written uh, multiple books on uh, wrestling and hockey. And he has a relationship with ECW Press. And when they were putting this book together last year, they decided they wanted to get some illustrations for the book and uh, asked Greg if he knew anybody that uh, might be up for the task of uh, doing a dozen illustrations <laughs> of various points in Steve Austin's career. And uh, Greg called me and uh, my immediate reaction was to go into imposter syndrome mode and think there is no possible way I'm good enough to do that. I, uh, who can I pass this off to? 
And then, you know, took a deep breath and said, no, 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 uh, I can do this. I can do this. And um, did a sample image of Austin and Booker T and the supermarket brawl mm -hmm. and uh, sent it in and it got approved and they had to be beside themselves. They had to get approval from Michael McAvaney, the author, and they had to get approval from the WWE office, which apparently included Austin, Triple H, and some legal who's you what's it that they have at the uh, you know at the Stanford office. So uh, I was very pleased when it came back to me that yeah, I, I had the gig, but um, I also had a set of rules that came back to me, which I uh, <sighs> was just delightful including the biggest one, the most important one is uh, I wasn't allowed to draw Vince McMahon. Wow. That was awesome. Yeah. That's, that's a kind of tough restriction on a book about Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. I had already done up, uh, like, I mean, my, my sample image uh, almost ended up being Austin and, uh, and the bedpan incident. So, you know, if I had done that instead of Austin and Booker, I might not have gotten the gig. Um, but I, I think that, you know, it, it's one of those things that you think, uh, you think your immediate reaction is, why? Why the hell not? And then you think about, well, you're, you're not supposed to mention him during your Hall of Fame speeches. You know, there are, there, there's, there's kind of a precedent for it. So it, it, it ends up making sense. But yeah, it was kind of restrictive. It was it wasn't kind of restrictive. It was restrictive to be drawing images of uh Steve Austin's career and not be able to include the hospital attack or, you know, the uh, the gun with the bang flag or, you know, uh, or anything to do with Vince is that what immediately you go to mind? Because when you think off the top of your head of infamous moments involving Steve Austin, it's to me like there's a lot that come to mind with all the different vehicles, the Zamboni, the bedpan you mentioned. I mean, there's a lot of um, images that, that come to mind. And then when you take it a step further, a lot of them are very much intertwined with, with Vince McMahon, obviously. Yeah, well, I mean, you start to think about you know what what the big moments would be and what the big rivalries would be and uh what long-term feud or long-term rivalry did steve austin have did stone cold have in wwe that's bigger than he and vince mcmahon because you know mcmahon was even when he was feuding with the rock or or somebody else McMahon was part of it. So, um, you know, he, he's McMahon puppeteered in storyline. He puppeteered a lot of, uh, McMahon's ops or Vince or Austin's obstacles. So obviously you want to, you want to include something of that, but no, no, uh, you know, big letters in that email. Don't draw Vince. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you obviously are so you know deep into the, the the comic world, and I would imagine that when you're talking about these characters, which by extension Steve Austin is this intellectual property, is that kind of typical that you would see? You know, very specific instructions about just how Steve Austin is is to be depicted in your in your framework of him and what is what image he is to project in in your work well uh i mean for me i have i've been doing um independent comic work it's all been stuff that i create so um i've never had my editorial experience for comic books has always been um uh more suggestions relaxed. on how to yeah suggestions on how to improve what's what's going on you know like here is here's a loose thread in your story you know here's uh you you, you could improve the logic here or uh you know maybe maybe this isn't necessary because you've already done this or you know this will speed up or slow down your story whatever um for for this project this is um this is more like you know voiceover work where uh you know I submit uh submit mp3 files and the client gets back to me and says hey could you redo this a uh, more up tempo or we've rewritten uh part of the script and we need to add a couple of lines um because it's you know it's the first time as far as uh, it, 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 I've never had anything in comic books where an editor has said you have to change your creation to fit our rules, um, or because somebody else is doing something. The only thing close to it would be for comic books would be I, I did a collaboration with a um, a few other artists uh, with the publisher I was working with, where we created we took all our characters and, and, and did one crossover story. And that was a matter of having to, um, uh, having to make things fit for other people's characters as well. Um, you know, if I'm writing somebody else's character, I have to, I'm playing in their sandbox. I have to go by their rules and vice versa. But, uh, no, this is the first time I had gotten somebody come right out and say, Hey, can't do that so a little different how many illustrations all, all told did you uh contribute here whether they made the book or not like what was the grand total roughly uh 12 there are 12 in the book i think i had done 14 um and there were a couple that i um you know as we talked about the rules uh there was one that i didn't submit and um, there's another one that I just uh, I wasn't pleased with, so I you know I said, hey, can you give me an extra day because I'm I just I need I need to present better than this for you. So yeah, I think I think I ended up doing 14 in total, and there are 12 in the book. The assignment was always for 12. 
as someone that was uh, active on the independent scene at, at the peak of Austin's run and that entire late 90s boom period, what was kind of the trickle-down effect that you saw? Like, was that something that the, the independent scenes was was benefiting as well as as pro wrestling was at such a high point? Did that extend to the independence that you were a part of? Yeah, I think so. I think that there was... Um... I think there was a different kind of excitement for uh, for pro wrestling at that point. And um, I mean, in my experience, that's when that's when crowds were the best for for indie shows. I remember we were uh, in the late 90s in in Pittsburgh. The, the little dirt indie fed that I was working for was pushing 500 people uh, every every two to three weeks. And um, yeah, it, it it I mean in comparison it felt kind of like you could just put out a shingle that said wrestling and people would come into the building. And obviously it's not that simple. <laughs> but um but yeah, the late 90s were um were very very good for uh for independent wrestling in in, uh, in my experience. It's always interesting with, with Austin being that, I mean, granted, the man had an incredible nest egg to fall back on. But to mm. me, one of the, you know, it's not the only guy, but one of the few that said, I'm done. And I cannot imagine the amount of money he has turned down in the last 18 years. But it has been that long since he last wrestled. And it's been, you know, that that's a rarity in pro wrestling. Like, typically, it's always looking at that next offer and... And this being a, a bit of a drug to to have to fulfill, but he walked away, and I'm I'm sure turned down many many offers to come back for that that one last match. Well, uh, you know, it's it's I think it's probably his next surgeon who said you're done, and he was just smart enough to uh, listen. Um, but well, the thing that is, was my yeah, thinking he, too, Anthony. And then the <laughs> uh, of some of the returns we have seen over the last uh, year, I, I don't know. It's like there's been some advancement in uh, neck injuries that have been able to <laughs> turn back the 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 hands of time. Oh yeah, but uh, you, you know you, you gotta you get hockey players who uh, who end up with 33 surgeries on their knees in the 70s that you know they don't get to come back just because the surgery is improved. Uh, <laughs> but Austin, I mean, the thing with Austin, with Steve Austin is he has a depth of charisma and, um, that charisma was something that has been something that he's been able to channel into, uh, other, uh, venues. He's, you know, he's, he's done a slate of, of little movies and he's done, you know, his podcast and he's he's done uh tv shows so there are there are things that uh steve austin had opened him and he made himself a household name which is um so incredibly rare in professional wrestling if you think about the 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 small number of people that outside of professional wrestling uh, fandom uh, that people would name if you said name a wrestler and they'd go to Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Steve Austin. 
those are the names that even today uh, a non-wrestling fan will know. And uh, to be one of them means being able to uh, to to translate into other 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 opportunities open for you. And he's been brilliant at taking advantage of those other opportunities and really running with the ball. He can do more than just wrestle, and he's done it. And it, it's fantastic to see. And also, I think he's been someone that's been very smart with his exposure on WWE that he doesn't overdo it. I think he's very strategic with when he'll do a big raw appearance for one of those raw reunions, but also yeah. t- to your point, like pivoting over that. I'm sure there is a younger generation that is aware of stone cold, Steve Austin, the wrestler, but their viewpoint through him now is either as a television host or as an interviewer. That is kind of their exposure yeah. to him. Now is seeing him in that light. Yeah, he's been. It's not that he's, you know, uh, used an eyedropper to <laughs> to portion out his appearances, but um, but you're right. He's been um, very smart about uh, how often he does that type of thing, and so as to not wear out his welcome with the fans. Uh, so we'll continue to uh, to plug the book at the end here, but it is out on Tuesday. It's Austin 316, 316 facts and stories about Stone Cold Steve Austin. But uh, you and I were actually chatting last week, and one of the things I wanted to discuss with you when I had you on was mm-hmm. the, of course, the ongoing pandemic. Everybody has been affected by this, but I wanted to get some of your insight just in terms of, first of all, rewinding a year to just before the shutdown. How would you categorize the health of the Ontario independent wrestling scene specific to the greater Toronto area? Like how, how were things in your estimation before everything got shut down? Uh, I thought things were pretty good. Um, I mean, you had uh, Smash and Superkick and uh, Alpha One and Lucha Tio and um, – and of course, the wrestlers' union. I, I had restarted things, and um, you know, various other uh, uh, small independent promotions running uh, here and there, and things were going pretty damn well. I thought, and uh, now, I mean, if you ask me to compare today to you know a year ago or a year and a half ago. Uh, I don't know if there's a comparison I could make. I don't think today I could tell you the health of the the current scene. It's more like right now it's in suspended animation. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, it's it's on ice, and uh, we'll have to see what happens six months or a year from now to determine uh, how well things are. But uh, a year ago, a year and a half ago, Especially, you know, I, you think back a year and a half ago when uh, when WWE brought SummerSlam to Toronto and there were a slew of indie shows that went on August of 2019. That week, that, for, that, that one week in August was, I mean, Toronto was just... You've never seen something like that before in Toronto, like that scale of like, no, uh, like a, like a mini kind of WrestleMania weekend where it was much more than just WWE. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure. I can't remember who started that trend of, uh, of instead of shying away from a WrestleMania site, uh, congregating there 
and turning it into a festival. But, um, you know, kudos to who, who, whatever promoter it was, Ring of Honor. Or I, don't, I think, I, I think I, you have to look at ROH, that first time that they ran yeah. of like WrestleMania 20 weekend. And it's kind of just it just grew exponentially from there to what it is now yeah. that it's just, um, you know, unbelievable. If you were to compare to even a decade ago, what a WrestleMania week now entails. Yeah, well, kudos to them for having the, the you know, the, 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 the foresight or just the, the straight up balls to to say no we're heading straight into the storm <laughs> to set up shop um because it's it, it, i think it's fantastic what happens now uh with each wrestlemania and just the uh, the absolute flood of wrestling that comes to whatever that site city whatever that host city is and uh and we got a taste of that for uh for SummerSlam 2019 I hope that this city gets a wrestle a third WrestleMania at some point in the next few years because I can only imagine how wild it would be for a WrestleMania yeah, I think like that's just a totally different animal. Like you're not going to have the same level of travelers for a SummerSlam that you will a WrestleMania. Um, that yeah. said, I, I don't know where like where we're even talking about um, international WrestleManias uh, at this point. But uh, you know, you, well, I yeah, <laughs> all things considered. But I mean, from yeah. from your viewpoint, um, like how are, how are you addressing things or kind of looking at a, a six to eight month window in regards to you? like union and promoting is it something that you're just sorry have not made a decision do you want to come back is it a foregone conclusion you will where's where's your mindset at uh it's not a foregone conclusion that i will uh so much as it's wrestling and nobody ever gets out uh <laughs> i remember when i uh when i ran what i thought would be my last show back in uh 2014 Mm-hmm. Um, having a conversation with RJ City, where uh, you know he just looked at me with that with that RJ City grin and said, "So you really think you're never going to run again?" And I said, "Nope, this is it. This is this is the last waltz, man. Ah, oh, you'll be back." And he was one of the first people that I called five years later when I decided that I was going to run again to say, "Yeah, okay, you were right." Uh, which by by final show ever ever standards anthony five years that that's a significant amount of time in the wrestling yeah, uh, five calendar. years is forever in professional wrestling <laughs> i mean five years terry funk screams forever 15 times for you <laughs> um but uh, uh so i would hate to say one way or the other uh, that it's for sure, but it, it you know, I mean, it it leans towards yeah. There's there'll there'll be more shows. It's just a matter of when. And I've talked to Lenny Lilac. He's uh, my my partner in the union now, um, and we talked about it. And you know, we're thinking that if if there if we have a show by the end of this year, we'll be lucky. And that's it's kind of sad because. Uh, you know, I have a venue booked. <laughs> I have a venue booked for for April ninth and tenth that I have to contact them and figure out how we're canceling or postponing again. Uh, and it's a venue that I booked. I booked eighteen months in advance. Wow! 
because because April 9th is my birthday. It happens to be a Friday. It happens to be my 50th birthday. And I thought, oh, man, I need to run something on my birthday. That would be so cool. <laughs> well, what could go wrong? Well, yeah, what could 18 months out? 18 months out, there was no possible way anything could go wrong except me not booking the venue. <laughs> Long-term planning is very overrated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. So, so I mean, yeah, maybe by the end of the year, I you know, I think that I think the comic book conventions will happen for me first. I'm I'm almost certain that I'll be at a comic book convention before I get to run a wrestling show. But uh, I'm I'm pretty sure they'll both happen again, uh, possibly by the end of the year. Do you give it thought of whenever it is that you can run another show of just how different it may have to be in terms of just what is the audience going to be expecting of a live event experience? And that goes beyond wrestling. It goes for any kind of in-person gatherings at that point. It's it's kind of going to be a blank canvas in terms of how how we how we go about doing these things especially indoor ones and what certain precautions are going to have to be in, that will be instilled in people yeah i think a lot of people uh and a lot of you know a lot of uh event planners and a lot of you know wrestling show uh promoters probably gave this a lot of thought last late spring early summer because you remember, and I keep saying this to people, you remember it, it, today, uh, well, the, March 16th, tomorrow, for me, is exactly a year of the pandemic. Um, this was, you know, when I got the call, hey, you know, we're uh, from my day job, hey, we're shut down. Um, and then it becomes real once there's that direct yeah. impact. But remember that a year ago, we all thought we're going to shut down for two weeks and then the city will, the city of Toronto will reopen. We all thought this would be gone in a couple of weeks. We just stay at home. It clears out. We'll be back to normal. Two weeks. 52 weeks later, we're still talking about six to eight months. So... There were a lot of us that a lot of people that I think uh, late last spring or early in the summer were thinking, okay, this will be over soon and we'll get back to running shows and how will we do it? Well, we got to put a few bucks uh, into the kitty to have masks available at the door that everybody has to wear a mask and there'll be less people in the crowd and they'll be spread out a little more and uh, you know, you start thinking about alternatives like um, at one point I was uh, planning to run a show that was going to be, uh, you know, maybe a dozen or 20 people in the crowd. But how do we stream this to to YouTube or to Twitch? Right. You know, we were thinking about alternatives and I'm still it's on a back burner in my head, but I know that when the actual possibility of running shows again comes up, that that'll be a thing that I go back to exploring is uh, a minimal crowd, but, um, you know, online streaming 
and possibly as part of a Patreon or uh, a, a, a Kickstarter or GoFundMe kind of thing where people buy tickets and help fund it up front. So um, I think it's, I think for, for some people, it's going to drastically change the presentation of professional wrestling. Look at the shows, the indie shows that have happened in the States where, you know, there's a lot of physical distancing and, and smaller crowds. People are already testing those waters, which, you know, kind of scares me a little, <laughs> just from a public safety, health, health sure. and safety standpoint. But people are already testing the waters of how wrestling will have to change. And, uh, and I don't think we're going to be any different up here. So. Do you hear a lot of feedback at all from any, like, like wrestlers in in the scene just in terms of you know it's it's an added frustration that you know you've had a year that you haven't been working shows pretty much it's not like in the US where there are indies that are that are functioning where we have a border where to get back in here like that's that's a two week quarantine period it's already difficult enough for Canadian indie talent to cross the border under regular times but I would imagine yeah. there's some that have had a lot of serious thought about hey, man is this the point in my career that I, I have to look beyond wrestling it's like it, independent wrestling it is a labor of love and this past year I think I had to have pushed a lot of people to make decisions about where where their future lies in this industry yeah I I I would hope that uh, more or most or at least more professional wrestlers, independent wrestlers, uh, think about what they'll do beyond wrestling. Uh, I think there's kind of a, uh, a graph that you can, you can chart, uh, you know, where, where at the beginning of your career, you're thinking, you know, can I get more wrestling and ditch the day job? And you're going to come to a plateau at some point where wrestling either becomes your full-time living or wrestling is enough of a supplement to your income that you're going to do, you're going to continue to do it. Or you find some kind of day job pro wrestling balance that works for you and is sustainable. And then at some point, maybe on, you know, on the other side of that plateau, you have to start thinking about less wrestling and more day job. And I always say in, uh, in more than just wrestling uh, circumstances, uh, pack your parachute. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're working for anybody, John, you are in, you are in the most enviable of positions. And I, I, I you know, if, if I don't say it to you and to weigh enough, how much I uh, honestly admire you. Uh, I want you to know it because, because what you did was some, uh, some suit came to you and said, Hey, we're shutting this down and your radio gig went away. And what did you guys do? You created post wrestling and you, you know, you, you set out on your own and you, you created a footprint that is so solid. You are self-sustaining now. You are working for yourself and you are making a living doing it. I don't think John Pollock or Wei Ting are, you know, like working the night shift at the bakery to make ends meet. <laughs> and I'm, 
I'm absolutely uh, in awe of it. And um, if you aren't going to be working for yourself, then you are always, always, always uh, in danger of somebody coming to you and saying, we're shutting this down or your services are no longer required. And and I think where the the media landscape has gone has very much like forced people into those positions where I think that you're going to see many more that kind of launch their own thing. And yes, maybe I will take work at a TSN or a Rogers, but I'm going to have my own sustainable position that I can't just be completely reliant on one place because listen, these, these cuts that we just saw a a ton of them that, that have come down on the, on the TSN side, like it will, these will be reoccurring events in Canada, in the US. And I think people working in media have to be able to, you know, figure out like having multiple things on, on all fronts that you can't just be reliant on, on one thing. Yeah. Um, uh, comic book creator named Jimmy Pomiotti. Uh, said years and years ago now that um, the way he saw res- uh, wrestling, the way he saw comic books going was that, um, you know, you would through, through Marvel or DC or one of the larger independents like image, you would, uh, but mostly, you know, Marvel or DC, you would find the creators that you really liked and you would become their fan. And that um, what would end up happening is that, you would follow them to their own independent creations that they would fund through, you know, you would buy personally through them, through their website, or they would fund through Kickstarter so that, uh, that the comic book industry would, um, would become more socialized. The words I want to, the word I want to use, but it, it, it would, it would spread out so that you weren't relying on, uh, Marvel and DC for uh, most of what you read, but you would, you know, you would, you would, your loyalty would go to that individual creator and what they create, and and you would be able to get your uh, get your material straight from them. And I think that's what's happening with a lot of industries, like you know, uh, uh, Bob McCallan. I'm going to take Bob McCowan as an example, who was at the Fan 590 here in Toronto, the sports station, for decades. And had a, a juggernaut. Like, he was a like yeah. the talk radio personality in the country. Yeah. And he had he had a primetime show. It was called Primetime Sports. They simulcasted it to, to TV. When he left, what does he do? He doesn't just, you know, roll over. He creates a podcast. You can continue to follow him. You can get you can get that material. You can get that product straight from the horse's mouth. So uh, I think that's what's happening with a lot of a lot of creators, a lot of commentators in comics, in sports, in entertainment. You 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 brand you now the technology exists to uh, to deliver your thoughts directly to an audience and for that audience to deal with you with a uh, little to no filter of, uh, of a corporate structure or editors or producers, 
you can just go to that person and 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 uh, and connect with them for what they have to say and the stories they have to tell. Was that something that you realized, you know, f- fairly early? The the fact that you, know, you you've been someone that I mean, I joke off the top, but you have so many irons in the fire that whether it's you know yeah, the handsome genius show, your your merchandising, comics, wrestling, it just seems like you have your blueprint out there and just get as much out there, but it all is associated with, with yourself that you are involved in all these different projects that are not limiting you to just one, one resource, one, one income. Yeah. My problem is there's too many irons in the fire and I, 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 I spin my wheels sometimes, Mm. you know, um, if I were concentrating on one thing, I'd be the king of the world. (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, there are products, there are projects even now that I've initiated that are moving too slowly because I get, uh, I mentioned this earlier, you know, uh, imposter syndrome, uh, you know, really me, I'm the one doing this. Who, who do I think I am? And sometimes I can distract myself from, uh, from the fear of failure on one project by working on something else. And I need to, I need to buckle down and concentrate on, you know, the, 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 do one thing at a time, do it very well and move on uh, an obscure mash quote. Um, But yeah, the ability for me, I, I think maybe it's, it's just, it's kind of, uh, uh, stubborn stubbornness and uh, there are things I want to do and I don't want people to tell me I can't do them so wanting to create comic books indie, independent comics creator owned comics absolutely appeals to me because I don't have to deal with editors telling me that's not what that character uh, would say or here's 40 years worth of continuity for the character that I, that we own that you're being deigned to work on. And uh, with wrestling, I absolutely have ideas that I think, uh, you know, will entertain a crowd. I want to do them. If I want to do them and not be restrained by, uh, by anybody's, wallet or anybody else anybody else's silly ideas run my own shows you know and but as as we say the technology has improved so that there's less of a barrier between uh creator and creation and potential audience so a thing like pro wrestling tees or teespring or teefure any of those places that you know kind of like t-shirt syndicators i come up with an idea i create the design i can upload it and they'll print it on demand i don't have to i don't have to have you know 500 bucks up front for a a small print run of shirts i don't have to there's 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 so little barrier between me and my idea and making it available to people and that is that's absolutely gorgeous and it's you know, it's worth, oh, most of the time it's worth uh, cutting 
somebody in on a piece of the profits to be able to make my idea available. Um, the one thing that I've said for a long time is in the end, uh, all we are is a collection of our own ideas. So long after we're gone, people will remember the things you've said. So you might as well say something cool. And that's what I hope the comic books and the wrestling and the t-shirts and all the bullshit that I've created. I hope that long after I'm gone, people will look back and say, fuck that. That guy was kind of cool. Well, that's all I want. I, I think that you are someone that just has such a, a great knowledge of so many different areas. And I think that you're such a valuable insight. Like if I was a 20 year old in an independent wrestling locker room, I think you'd be the guy I would be drawn to, to just be picking his brain of navigating this very bizarre world. And someone that I, I think has seen the, uh, the, the highs and lows of it and being able to understand what the, the greater picture is of, it's not just a straight line of getting better as a wrestler inside the ring. It's, once that match is over, how are you going to keep that that image of yourself in all of these people's heads after a show? If they want to support yeah. you, find a shirt, find more, and kind of just being able to market yourself in that way. And I, I think we're seeing certainly that that influence has permeated that a lot of younger wrestlers are starting to understand that, that it goes much more than just a 10-minute match on a Saturday afternoon. It's how am I going to expose my personality when I'm not on television, but I have all these tools that you've outlined that the barrier for entry is much less to just get a microphone yeah. and and sell yourself, find an audience, even if it's starting with a couple people. That's a couple people that are taking that time out to find out about this person that they saw at a local show. Yeah, I. Um, it was a weird thing for me years and years and years ago to um, to realize that um, I am I am possibly somebody's Monday morning water cooler talk at work. That you know, hey, what'd you do on the weekend? I went to a wrestling show, and let me tell you about this guy I saw, and. You know, if there's 20 people on a show, that's 20 different water cooler talks that are taking place at 20 or more different water coolers. Uh, but yeah, you, you, your performance is your performance lasts beyond the eight to 10 minutes, the 20 minutes that you're in the ring. It's, it's, you know, if you're good, you leave a lasting impression on people which they will take away and they'll tell other people about. So, you know, um, to be more than just that moment is, um, that's a, that's a, that's a gift. And if you play it right, if you, if you like a flower, if you nurture it and give it water and sunshine, you can build more of those moments and more of those memories for people and, and, a, and, and a bigger audience and um, really parlay that into something great for yourself. Well, Tuesday is Austin 316 Day, and the book will be out. Austin 316, 316 facts and stories about Stone Cold Steve Austin. April 9th is Anthony Kingdom James Day. 
So <laughs> be sure to circle that one around the calendar. Uh, but Kingdom, I want to, uh, the floor is yours to let all the listeners know, uh, some of the projects you have going on and where they can follow your work in addition to, uh, the book dropping on Tuesday. Okay. Uh, all of my relevant social media is branded to my name is Kingdom. Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Twitch, and of course, Patreon are all dot com dot tv whatever slash my name is kingdom so uh, on uh, also at, at, at twitter in my bio you'll find a link tree which has links to all of my stuff but um follow me on that social media and uh you know uh as long as you're i always say to uh, always say to uh, to kids at comic conventions that it, you know if you're aspiring to be an artist as long as you are sincere and polite you can ask people questions and they'll usually lend you a moan of their time. I'm happy to connect with fans online, especially through Twitter, as long as you're sincere and polite and not a complete jerk. <laughs> I'll respond. I even use Google Translate to respond to people in other languages. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, for me, the most important things right now are I'm doing my own podcast again. Uh, I did it daily last year. I'm doing it three days a week this year. Uh, the Handsome Genius Club radio show, which you can find at handsomegeniusclub.com, uh, Mondays and Thursdays on uh, the website and on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher. Uh, Fridays are exclusive to my Patreon, and I would love it if people joined my Patreon. It is as little as two bucks a month. You get the exclusive Friday podcast. You get uh, bonus panels for the comic strips i draw i just posted one today um you get uh old episodes of the podcast you get comic book stuff i i try to i try to make it uh as absolutely value packed as possible for the the people who are kind enough to lend me their support and help me pay for the stuff i'm producing it's kind of, it's a it's a delightful circle um and you can also find me on, on pro wrestling tees.com slash kingdom james or at uh teespring.com slash stores slash my name is kingdom uh all kinds of t-shirt designs and other merch there and uh yada 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 i don't know if i'm oh and for the love of god go 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 buy the Austin 316 book. I have them available on my website. Uh, if you go to handsomegeniusclub.com, there's a new shop at the top uh, top menu, and uh, you can find the book there. Get yourself an autographed copy from your uh, from your Uncle Kingdom. There you go. Um, and he won't have any restrictions on uh, uh, s- s- people just to uh, send your books to. There won't be – it's free reign. You can request anything from Anthony Kingdom James, maybe even a, a Vince McMahon well, impression. Not, not hey, not anything. I, well, you know, within I'm, reason. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm very shy. <laughs> <laughs> so go check it out. Uh, Patreon.com/slash My Name Is Kingdom. Uh, you can also follow him on Twitter. My Name Is Kingdom, uh, and that will take you everywhere. 
handsomegeniusclub.com. Uh, the man has uh, lots of stuff going on. And of course, the book is out Tuesday. And Anthony, it's always great to catch up with you. I hope that uh, we get to reconnect at some point in the, in the coming months. And I wish you all the best with, with the book coming out and the, the show, everything that you've got going on. It's uh, always great to pick your brain and chat about uh, many, many different topics. Yeah. Well, you've you've always been more than good to me, Mr. Pollock, and uh and it is it is never forgotten and uh I am glad that post wrestling has been uh surviving and thriving through all of this global pandemic nonsense and um I, I wish you many more years of uh of of success independent of the men in suits telling you what you're allowed to do. Well, it's always appreciated, and we will definitely do this again uh, in the near future. Maybe when uh, when Union is ready for uh, for the revival, we will we will definitely uh, oh god yeah. reconnect the delayed fiftieth birthday man. party. Got- Maybe you can put your birthday on hold until until you're ready to run your show. You're not officially fifty until your next show. Well, I'm I'm not going to put my birthday on hold, but I'm certainly putting the party on hold. The uh, the fiftieth birthday party will be whenever I'm allowed to to make it happen. But, uh, hey, listen, I got a boot that I turned in, a wrestling boot that somebody left behind at a show many years ago that I actually had mounted as a trophy. That tournament has to happen. So, you know what? There absolutely will be at least one more union show because otherwise I just made a trophy out of a wrestling boot for no damn reason. So so you're going to get invited to at least one more wrestlers union show here in Toronto. Maybe the most appropriate Canadian-themed independent show of all time. Union presents a boot. Oh, yeah. It's the boot. It's the (laughs) the Battle of Ontario tournament. It's the boot. (laughs) Anthony, thank you so much for the time. This has been awesome. Thanks, John.